0: What college matters? What college matters? Really?
1: For sure, college matters.
0: Alma matters.
1: Really, is worth um spending some time exploring you know what might be out there and of course one can't explore every single institution you know we know there are over 4000 but you know really maybe using sort of the search engines available online uh you know to sort of narrow down the options or you know uh, but but then you know really exploring the diversity of institutions out there in terms of you know um our environments and majors, and you know even the culture on campus, and almost sort of seeing universities like people with personalities.
0: That is Deborah Rosario, Education USA Advisor, based in Mumbai, India. Hello, I'm your host Venkatraman. When Deborah was doing her PhD in the UK, she would help international students transition to studying and living in another country. She liked working with students individually and broadly. After graduating, she came back to Mumbai and found the kind of academic roles she desired were in short supply. So when advisor opportunity at Education USA came up, she felt she was ready for it. On our podcast, Deborah talks about her background, her experience as Education USA advisor, her counseling approach, challenges, success stories, and her advice for high school students. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast.
1: Um, and I think uh, because uh, um, uh, alongside my academic work, so, uh, you know, I am a person of faith and was involved in, uh, so just, uh, um, uh, you know, faith-based work as well. And I think that cultivated in me a real sense of service, you know, and, and the value for service-oriented roles in organizations. And I think that's where I began to feel resonances, you know, with um, the education USA roles. So- and, um, and really want to have that sort of attitude and that posture when I advise is to really just recognize the value and the potential of the student in front of me. Um, it's uh-huh. easy for some students because they are, you know, achievers, they are high achievers, they're doing things, they're getting their grades and so on. But um, there are a lot of other students as well that where potential is not so obvious, you know, in in certain segments, uh, uh, there is a, a high consciousness of rankings and the sort of brand value of universities and colleges, yeah. and uh, and sort of taking these at face value, you know, rather than sort of understanding them in the context and based on the criteria on which they are based in you know, each rankings based and. You know, kind of looking at how to map that onto one's own, you know, interests and needs, recognizing that, you know, rankings are optional. Um, and then there are, you know, the students that we work with, say in, you know, uh, uh, smaller cities outside the metro, uh, the metros, um, which mm-hmm. are really for them, um, uh, you know. Um, uh, we have to advise that you know, starting really from step one, you know, it has to be kind of advising one-on-one. They really need to uh, to know the basics and then build upwards. Um, she'd heard about this, uh, you know, this kind of program or cohort of Disney Imagineers, um, you know, that uh, you know, kind of yeah. uh, like yeah. sort of build these experiences, and she knew that she, she did want to pursue architecture, but she wanted to have some sort of element of this sort of, um, you know, training in, the, in, um, uh, uh, in her education. So we're really, um, uh, you know, carefully uh, mapped out, you know, when we were looking for universities, I sort of gave her criteria and she did the homework. She also sort of came up with her, um, her own criteria. We kind of really mapped out what the different opportunities were at different institutions.
0: These were the high fives, brought to you by
1: College Matters,
0: Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Deborah. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Deborah Rosario if you're ready uh, we can jump right in
1: yes i'm ready let's go
0: awesome awesome so deborah maybe the best place to start is uh talk about your background tell us how you got to the spot you are in today
1: so um uh i uh entered the uh, advising role through a, um, you know a bit of a non-linear path Sure. I originally, um, you know, studied um, sort of English literature and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, perceived that to the doctoral level. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I did do a certain, you know, academic roles after that uh, was teaching um, and uh, working with other roles Hello. in and around academia. So my my doctorate was from the UK, and then when I moved back to uh, Mumbai, which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. I um uh I did sort of dabble in some sort of academic roles, but then I, I realized that I um you know wanted to um stay in Mumbai for personal reasons, but did yeah. not feel that. I was sort of the right fit for the kinds of roles uh, that were in Mumbai, located at the you know colleges in Mumbai. Yeah. So I began to explore what else might be there for me, you know, in the world of education, because education was really what I knew,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and uh, and so. Uh, that's when this sort of role was advertised and I, you know, um, uh, came into this role and I I feel like um, uh, my education uh, does equip me for it because since, you know, I've studied at all levels, essentially, I really understand, you know, what um, each level requires you know why we would want to do each level what it takes to go uh, what it takes to go through each level mm-hmm. and similarly I though I've not studied in the US um, I do know what it is to be an international student you know what kinds of support we would need what sort of adjustments we need to be prepared to make what are sort of skills and strategies that you know help us not just you know survive but flourish and thrive in another country um, in the academic system there so you know I think a lot of that was sort of transferable knowledge and I felt like I had that perspective of course there was a lot to learn too but you know it felt like I had that foundation and I think you know this this um this question that you've asked uh really made me reflect uh, on the fact that I think um I certainly found this role in a sense by happenstance I sort of stumbled across it. And I feel like a lot of us have, um, you know, uh, stumbled across the advising role um, rather than say necessarily, um, you, know, s- you know, thinking when we were students that this is, you know, uh, college advising is what I want to do, um, you know, later in life. And I actually think yeah. it's, a, it's a wonderful profession that's really sort of, you know, um, underrated and overlooked in a sense, but actually has, so it's so rewarding, so fulfilling and has so much value.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and huge impact. Start to talk about yeah, the huge huge impact, impact you're you having, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I kind of smiled when you said uh, most people don't plan to become college advisors, yeah. but I I um I hear a lot of uh, college counselors say that, and yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. it's one of these happy accidents, as they call it. You mm-hmm. know, so you know, now that you are in it. Um mm-hmm. what do you like? What do you like about it? What's it that appeals to you? I mean, I understand the impact, yeah. I understand the difference mm-hmm. you're making, but yeah. mm-hmm. what, what do you think you're bringing to the table?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think um so one it's so a few different things. So um one is uh, um, a lot of my career prior to education USA, I did work with um, you know, when I was in the UK, I worked with international students there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to kind of uh, uh, acclimatize them uh, both academically and sort of personally to um, uh, uh, student life in another country. And I also so I I, I do have this. Um, uh, you know have this experience of um sort of working broadly with uh, groups of students but also personally working with them as well mm-hmm. um, and um, i um uh, obviously had a teaching role so um you know used to sort of disseminating information um and i think uh, because uh, um uh, alongside my academic work so uh, you know i am a person of faith and was involved in Uh, so just uh, um, uh, you know faith-based work as well and I think that cultivated in me a real sense of service you know and and the value for service-oriented roles in organizations and I think that's where I began to feel resonances you know with um, the education USA role so one is it's it's very people-facing you know at all levels Mm -hmm. whether you're working individually with students and families or you're uh, collaborating with stakeholders or even working you know with other teams or with you know my team here in mumbai um, um it's, a, it's a role that really uh, needs you to uh you know uh, enjoy working with people and work well with people and i love that about it i love that uh, there's a lot of communication there's you know and i and that's something i feel is one of my strengths of both when it comes to public speaking or even writing we do a lot of sort of writing um for you know um, articles and for publications and so on and then there's also an element of strategy so you do have to put your thinking cap on and really figure things out you know whether it comes to um uh, say figuring out the best strategies for an individual student maybe how to you know where they should apply where, what's a good fit for them where are they going to get their needs met Or you know um, how they you know how best they should showcase their story, Um, or even when we're working with stakeholders, you know how do we uh, craft events. Or you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, collaborations to mutually meet the institutional goals of you know both our sort of organizations. So there's a lot of this. It's a very versatile role. We're always juggling different tasks, and you know, there's a lot of diversity in the role we have. And I think the thing that has really kept me, you know, um, so I've been uh, an advisor for um, uh, almost eight years now, mm-hmm. and the 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 reason that I've sort of stage with this role, I think has been the willingness, um, uh, you know, amongst sort of my um, senior um, staff and leadership to uh, see the role as elastic in the sense that, of course, there are, you know, certain, you have to feel the pulse of the students and, you know, Uh, meet their needs, you know, and follow those pursuits that are going to cater to, you know, the interests and needs of our students, but at the same time um, we can bring um, our own strengths and competencies and curiosities and interests to the table and shape the role to um, you know, to fulfill those. So, for instance, um, because I have a doctorate, and you know, a colleague uh, joined sort of after me that also has a doctorate, I initiated um, a doctoral cohort, you know, and we, uh, she, and I collaborated on that. And she has a doctorate in the sciences; I have one in the humanities. So we, you know, were able to bring the perspective of both disciplines. We similarly, um, you know, uh, ran um, a a sort of three-part workshop on academic writing that was much appreciated um, by, you know, uh, uh, prospective students as well as institutional, um, uh, you know, stakeholders um, in our region and across the country. So, you know, we've been really able to kind of bring our own particular sort of, Um, you know, um, areas of interest and expertise and, you know, shape the role um, to suit that, to suit those. And, you know, that's something that we still see a lot of scope for continuing to do um, in the future.
0: Yeah, I love, I love your description. Uh, You called it elastic. And I think uh, that's a fabulous way to describe (laughs) a role that is, that can be shaped and, you know, carved out and customized. So, you know, one of the things that intrigue me is what does your typical day look like? Or is there no such thing as a typical day?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, (laughs) Exactly. I do sometimes feel like there's no typical day. Um, There there are seasons um, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, might have some sort of commonality. Uh, So I think seasons when maybe we're more office based and you know, doing events and sort of advising from out of our office space seasons where we are, you know, traveling more and sort of, you know, reaching out to institutions uh, in other cities and even states um, and the sort of uh, region that we work with. Um, But um, yeah, if I were to, uh, you know, uh, say, uh, think of, you know, some sense of a typical day, I'd say that we would of course have, you know, uh, uh student engagement in various forms. And that might come through say email or the telephone or WhatsApp or a virtual or in-person meeting. There might be sessions. So for instance, today I have two different sessions um, and a student meeting um, happening besides beyond sort of the regular sort of emailing and that sort of response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, in the interstices I'll be say, Uh, writing an article or um, reaching out to institutions for my next uh, sort of visit to another city. So I'm currently planning a visit to, um, uh, you know, um, a city in a, in a state, in a neighboring state, and I'm reaching out to institutions there to um, see if I can conduct sessions with students and meet students. Um, I'm also, you know, i um, planning to, uh, um, say, a, a craft a presentation for an upcoming session that's a little more specialized than my, you know, regular session. So, you know, all of this, um, we wear many hats. We do a lot of different tasks, and I think the trick for me has been one is learning to pivot between tasks so you know kind Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. give one task your full focus and then unplug and plug your mind into the next one and give that your full focus you know it's doing that sort of pivoting but also I think for me um something else that uh I've really try to uh you know um be mindful of is um because I see so many students it can be easy to become a bit blase you know about yeah um, yeah uh, yeah students as as they keep coming in and so I really think that I try to I mean something I'm trying to be more mindful of is just to kind of take that deep breath before the next student engagement and you know really try to focus on them sort of let that that engagement be the center of my world for that moment or for that, you know, section segment of time, um, as, as much as I can make that happen and, you know, um, uh, just give them full attention and full focus and almost as if they I'm coming fresh, you know, they were the first student I was sort of engaging with that day. So I think that is something that I really try to be mindful of as I'm sort of, you know, I'm proceeding through the day. Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to kind of follow up on institutions. I mean, what, mm-hmm. um, what are you trying to influence or make happen? You say meet students. So tell me a little bit about it. I understand students that you meet with directly and mm-hmm. you know, go through the process or advise them. And I can sort of understand that. So what do you do with institutions?
1: So um uh with uh, institutions we work uh, we um work with uh, both um uh, high schools and also actually um you know uh, universities for grad level adv- advising but um certainly with high schools we uh will say um uh um connect with the counselor and uh, conduct a session for her or his students um, based on what they feel the need at that particular school might be. So we will do maybe uh-huh. an information session, say, on the best practices for approaching the application essay or, you know, how do you, um, uh, uh, what do you put in place uh, during the, say, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th to, you know, be a good candidate uh, when you're applying, you know, um, during your 12th. Um, grade, um, or maybe um, you know financial aid. How does that work? What are the intricacies of you know financial aid at US institutions? So whatever whatever the counselor needs, we are, we are able to provide that information session for students and parents. Our parents are also sometimes invited to these sessions. We might also say run. Uh, a training program for counsellors, many of them are very well informed too, Um, but, uh, you know, um, we might be able to sort of uh, provide information that is sort of more uh, current and up to date and sort of uh, nuanced as well, or just have a discussion as well, kind of round table. Um, we so there are different types of school high schools. So there are those that have very well informed counselors, and then when you know we ourselves might be uh, more uh, uh, specialized and sort of targeted. Um, uh, uh, and we would also say conduct a letters of recommendation workshop for the counselors themselves to kind of you mm-hmm. know uh, and and teachers to you know learn how to navigate that aspect of their students' applications. But also there are a lot of high schools that. Um, may not actually have, um, you know, um, as much exposure or as, you know, as uh, as much access to information, and so. Uh, we can um, figure out what what they might need and uh, then uh, both conduct the information session for them and also uh, um, let students become aware uh, of our services and the counselor can also use our services as a resource in both ways so that um, these students can also be resourced um, in their applications. And I should add that we also work with US institutions So um, Mm. when um, U.S. universities and colleges are coming into our country, uh, we can arrange sessions for them or we we have a host of um, services that they can plug into to uh, enhance their recruitment strategies. And we also just love meeting with them to understand their institution better so that we can, uh, you know, uh, represent um, their institution and the diversity of options in the US to our students up to the uh, uh, array of engagements and um, uh, also kind of uh, help them understand, you know, for our regions, what are the sort of, you know, profiles and interests and needs of the students and, you know, where they can best, you know, how they can best plug in. And also kind of, I think there is also some sense of uh, advocacy for our students as well and, you know, representing yeah. what our needs and concerns
0: are. I didn't realize that you actually do outreach to high yeah. schools and, yes. um, fantastic. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, you've been doing this for eight years now mm-hmm. and you probably have developed, uh, you know, you're doing a lot of uh, teaching and sessions. So you've developed a philosophy if I can call it that of counseling yes, so how would you describe it I mean what what is it that you advocate and you know uh, practice
1: right so um I think after uh, a few um different uh you know points I raised here one I think uh for me. Which may sound um, axiomatic, but I feel like I do have to, you know, be mindful of this and um, and really want to have that sort of attitude and that posture when I advise. Is to really just recognize the value and the potential of the student in front of me. Um, It's Uh easy for some students because they're you know achievers, they're high achievers, they're doing things, they're getting their grades and so on. But um, there are a lot of other students as well that where potential is not so obvious, you know? And Uh um, in your head, it's easy, even while you're kind of externally sort of advising them and giving them all the options, in your head, it's easy to kind of be slightly more, you know, um, dismissive if you like, I'm not sure what term I should use, but kind of not fully recognize, you know, that this is a student who, has you know their own story, their own potential, and maybe that's not uh, something that uh, uh, is um, represented in the sort of metrics or you know the system of you yeah, know um, yeah. the system they're in. And how do we really see that and recognize that? Um, help them find uh, you know the right fit for universities, but also represent their story and their potential in uh, their application really when I give them my attention sort of give them that you know, that value and that full-hearted sort of attention uh, and advice. So I think that's you know, really important to me that that's a starting point. And then also I think just generally um, sometimes students actually need you to sort of brief them in a kind of comprehensive way but often uh, students certainly in the region I'm in can be quite well informed. So it's mm-hmm, not just mm-hmm. about Delivering information, but trying to meet them where they're at. So, you know, understanding what they already know, um, you know, and what journey they've been on and then kind of uh, uh, plugging the gaps and reinforcing the valuable conceptions that they have of U.S. Um, education and, and correcting, similarly, um, uh, misconceptions, um, um, understanding, you know, what sort of their needs and interests are and setting them on the path to exploring those options. Um, so I think that uh, there's almost a sense in which some of these conversations are more like staged interventions, you know, where you're yeah, actually, yeah, you yeah. kind of draw them out and then you kind of intervene as they go along to kind of guide them and nudge them on the right path. I think for me, um, two huge fact, uh, two elements uh, that I encourage when I'm advising from my side is learning to ask the right questions, because I mm-hmm. feel that that's really important to drawing out their story, to understanding the why beneath, you know, their choices, their experiences and so on. And also um, to kind of push them, ask the right questions, to push them to self-reflection. And so for me, you know, I really want them to pause and slow down and reflect before they just, you know, sort of act, say, on, you know, get that quickly, get a list of names for universities they are applying to or sort of churn out an essay. I want them to actually slow down and, you know, think about those whys, think about, you know, are there other options, um, be able to provide those nudges to sort of broaden their horizons to what else might be available uh, to the uh, in the U.S. And, you know, um, uh, what is the breadth of opportunity for them? So I think all of this is, you know, what I see is in my role. Then also, I think, um, lastly, I'd say um, I am very much a subscriber to um, some sense of uh, you know, relational advising um, in the sense that I don't want it to be purely transactional. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Of course, some some engagements are going to be a bit trans- transactional just because of time or the student may be very independent, but I really want to develop that connection with the student, um, build that rapport, um, feel that, like, you know, I know that they can trust me, you know, uh, that they can, you know, uh, say what they're thinking and that similarly, I can also, you know, have that sort of um, uh, relational bank in them that will allow me to say, uh, you know, um, something that uh, uh, may not be so easy to say, sort of maybe for instance, things where one might want to say, of course, you know, dream, but also, you know, be realistic or, you know, look at your realistic financial options, where where one might want to ground them in some way, you know, and you, you, you want to have, that, um, that uh, sort of good connection with the students that they can actually receive that and take it on board and, you know, use that constructively. So those are some of the sort of the, uh, you know, where I come from when I'm advising students.
0: What are some of the challenges that you face? I mean, as you do this, I mean, what, what typically tend to be hurdles or obstacles or roadblocks or, you know, maybe speed bumps?
1: yeah so i think um there are a few different ones that we see in our region um uh and but i think they're you know uh, commonly um uh, commonly come up across india so um uh one is um uh, certainly finances can be an issue so yeah. there are a lot of students who you know have the dream to study in the us but uh you know uh, working out how to make that financially possible is uh-huh. um, you know is um, is a harder path. So that's uh, that's only one. Um, I think uh, one issue we commonly see is that there is a huge um, in in certain segments uh, uh, there there is a, a high consciousness of rankings and the sort of brand value of universities and colleges yeah. and. Uh, and sort of taking these at face value, you know, rather than sort of understanding them in the context and based on the criteria on which they are based in each ranking based and, you know, kind of looking at how to map that onto one's own, you know, interests and needs, recognizing that, you know, rankings are optional and so on. So, uh, you know, there's, there's just a um, uh, uh, um, sort of uh, uh, high significance given and to rankings and brand and, uh, you know, and students and families, you tend to take them at face value. So, uh, you know, trying to represent to students that there is a breadth to U.S., you know, the U.S. education system to kind of look yeah. for... Um, Uh, colleges and universities that might sometimes seem off the beaten path uh, to um, Indian students but are actually very well recognized in the US and around the world you know Um, and even uh, beyond that Uh, Yes, going for universities and colleges that might be off the beaten path as well, because they actually might be the best fit for a particular student and, you know, that student might really grow and flourish and be able to take advantage of their opportunities, you know, so, um, kind of uh, um, uh, uh, um, making a case for um, the breadth of um, U.S. education um, and diversity of education, that can be a challenge as well. And mm-hmm. um, I think conversely managing expectations or maybe uh, a similarly managing expectations. So I think we do have a lot of students who do sort of, you know, um, dream of whatever big school or top name they want to go to. But kind of, you know, um, bringing them down to the sort of the earth and sort of grounding them and saying, of course, dream, because dreams are healthy and dreams, you know, help you achieve. Uh, in life but um, you know have your sort of your safety net as well be realistic so managing expectations and I think one last sort of um, challenge I think is that we do tend to have a sort of um, uh, uh, culture and even industries around um, uh, getting help and Um, uh, services that can um, help students in a, uh, to, uh, uh, to a very, um, uh, 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 you know, in a very extensive way. And I think, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, you know, not just in education, but in, in all aspects of life. And I think this therefore means that Um, students uh, might be, uh, you know, um, uh, initially kind of going for a path where they're expecting ready answers and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, know, Mm a set list of, say, 10 universities or 10 colleges to apply to. Um, They want to, you know, um, uh, they're also very busy doing all their sort of activities. So they really want to churn out their essays in a very quick way. And I think we want to slow them down and say just, actually pause, you know, do your homework, why you're selecting these universities, research this some more. Uh, let's go through, uh, let's, let's, uh, you know, uh, edit this essay, let me ask you questions and, and write some more. And then we'll kind of um, figure out how to, um, uh, you know, uh, the best version of, you know, uh, help you develop the best version of this essay, but let me ask you questions and you know write some more and dig deeper into this experience that you've talked about. You know, so things like this, really um, uh, requesting students to take the time to slow down, do their homework, um, do more research, write more, think more, reflect more. Um, these are things that <clears throat> can be a challenge, um, but we also have had very good responses as well. I think students just need to understand the value of this process, and then they willing to engage and participate um, uh, in it.
0: Are you guys a team or is this sort of, uh, is it Deborah and somebody else and each one has their own set of stone? How do you guys work, I guess, uh, to make this happen?
1: Um, so uh, uh, we are a team, certainly in the Mumbai office, we're a team. Uh, mm-hmm. there are um uh, uh three uh, uh positions here um three advising um uh, staff members um mm-hmm. and um I think so in, in India we have um uh we're, we have offices in five cities and mm-hmm. most of us are teams at some extent I think that there are some offices where there might be just one advisor at present, um, uh, but you know the the team size sort of depends on the functions of that office. I'm um, certainly in Mumbai. We are a team, and yes, we do. Um, we uh, we we certainly share the load. So uh, we will, uh, you know, all of us will be conducting sessions, um, uh, taking on you know different articles and so on. And then when it comes down to individual advising, we try to have um, the individual student um, working. Um, consistently with one advisor because then we know the student's story we have the context we've developed the relationship but of course if you know uh, i'm unavailable or someone else is unavailable another team member can step in uh you know for that interval but then you know uh, when uh, that particular advisor's back we continue working on with that student tell
0: us tell me a little bit about the students
1: Um, So I think um, uh, there is a range of students. Um, There are um, uh, a lot of students um, who uh, come from, uh, you know, these international schools. They're very um, well-informed, you know, and they also um, tend to have um, a wide range of interests. So at schools like that, you'll see students, you know, Uh, with interest from uh, everything from, you know, um, uh, engineering and business to um, psychology, um, you know, music. Um, I even had interest in say vocal training and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of philosophy, you know, all all sorts. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, Those sorts of uh, students might also have families with sufficient financial resources to um, uh, undertake um, uh, a U.S. education. Uh, Mm -hmm. They might be um, a little more um, brand conscious um, as well. Um, So there are those students. um, uh, But there are also um, uh, a a further range of students. Some might even be in international um, uh, schools, but they might have more financial need. Um, There are uh, um, uh, uh, students who might be um, uh might need more support in terms of just information as well um and then there are you know the students that we work with say in you know uh uh smaller cities outside the metro uh, the metros um which mm-hmm. are for them um uh you know um uh, we have to advise that you know, starting really from step one, you know, it has to be kind of advising one-on-one. They really need to uh, to know the basics and then build upwards. So yeah, we get um, quite a wide range of students, both in terms of awareness, interests, and um, uh, financial resources. I think the the predominant interest might be computer science and engineering, but it's certainly diversifying. And I think as time goes on, uh, you know, we've seen those interests change and uh, we've seen more breadth and diverse student interests.
0: How much change have you seen in students?
1: Of course, some consistency in the sense that the interest in business and engineering is, you know, always ongoing. Mm -hmm. But um, certainly, as I said before, um, the, you know, our range of interests has broadened. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that um, uh, there is, uh, uh, I think there might be, you know, quite a growth in international schools as well. So uh, not only sort of, uh, you know, new schools sort of coming up, but also established schools, uh, you know, introducing international curricula. Uh, and generally this, um, you know, this uh, outlook to uh, uh, foster um, and uh, enable um, student aspirations for study abroad. Um, mm-hmm. So that certainly has become more of a culture. Um, and I think what goes with that is increasing knowledge and awareness um you know, of what is involved in um, applications uh, to um, U.S. universities and of course, you know, other countries. Um, There are a lot of um, U.S. universities and colleges that visit India. Many have India offices and have, you know, in-country representatives. So there's a huge presence um, of uh, these universities and access to um, this sort of information, um, you know, sort of direct information, uh, direct connection with universities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what also therefore goes along with this is um, the increasing interest um, in what a school's here term profile building, which is, you know, um, sort of uh, if a student uh, does, um, you know, and their parents do desire that student to um, you know, uh, study you know abroad after their twelfth grade. Then there's a sort of grooming that they go through um, yeah. as it were. The ninth, tenth, and eleventh, they have meetings with their counselors. They talk about their aspirations. They talk about you know what courses to select, what um, you know um, activities to be involved with, and kind of really put things in place and um, you know so that they're a good candidate when they when they apply. So mm. a lot of you know that goes on as well. Yeah.
0: Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, there is, uh, like you said, there's also, you know, just there's such multi dimensional things, a lot of cross disciplinary yeah. um, courses and um, mm-hmm. initiatives. So,
1: yeah. So it's actually, all good.
0: It's all good. Yeah.
1: If, if I could add uh, one very key point that I missed is the sheer volume of applications, I think, from what mm. we are seeing, uh, uh, the volume of undergrad specific applications has increased. So I'd say that, you know, over the eight years uh, from say, you know, 10, 15% of the uh, students we were dealing with being undergraduate applicants, it's kind of gone up to maybe almost half, you know, um, the sort of uh, students we work with. So I I think that that also speaks to, um, you know, the growing culture of um, US uh, uh, awareness and applications.
0: Wow, wow, that is quite significant. Okay, so I thought it'd be interesting if um, you have maybe some success stories or some stories of that you might be able to share, something that, um, you know, gives us a feel for um, what maybe a couple of students might have accomplished. Maybe it's, you know, um, and I don't mean uh soup to nuts kind of thing but maybe some things that might be uh inspiring probably to students
1: yeah absolutely so um uh, i think um uh something that uh you know um is important to us is um uh, and i'm just you know um saying this uh to frame uh where i come from when i you know share these stories. Um, something that's important to us is, uh, you know, understanding what success might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think uh, we um, uh, uh, sometimes think of success in terms of, say, entry to, you know, um, a big name university or college. But I think we are really a part of our work and our, you know, our work here at, at EDUSA is to foster that understanding of success in terms of, best fit and you know really flourishing at a university as opposed Mm to sort of you know just sort of entry into um a big name school. So I think, um, uh, yeah, and this is a really interesting conversation that we have also had with counselors. And I know not just me, but, uh, you know, team members from other cities have, you know, had with councils. How do we, you know, um, change and this, this uh, notion of success? So from that perspective, I think um, uh, one story uh, that I could uh, talk about um, is uh, a story of a student who was empowered and enabled uh mm-hmm. uh through um you know, to study in the us when there was when he had a lot of potential but you know um had uh you know uh, was uh, financially under resourced so uh, just to uh, sort of um preserve uh, privacy i'll just call him a uh, he was a mm-hmm. uh, sort of um you know um a boy from a a small city uh, sort of outside the metros um mm-hmm. you know at this sort of uh, small town school Um, but had this dream, you know, to um, go to the US and pursue his education there. And we could, I think all of us um, at the office uh, worked with him at at some point uh, on this journey, and we could all see the potential in him. He was, you know, someone who could really, um, uh, uh, you know, um, not just do his studies well, but also, um, uh, you know, be a leader, kind of take initiative, kind of, uh, you know, gather students to, uh, you know, um, uh, rally students behind a cause. You know, he had that sort of magnetism, was able to, you know, even advocate for his, uh, you know, fellow students to the school administration. So he had all of these sorts of experiences. He had some ups and downs in his um, academics that did need explanation. Um, But, um, you know, he was someone who could actually be thoughtful And, you know, really articulate his journey. And so we all kind of saw that potential in him and, you know, uh, uh, worked with him uh, uh, at various points. He did have sort of one advisor that was more consistent, but we all engaged with him at different points. And we were very happy when he um, did get into this um, uh, liberal arts college. I think it was the Union College. And he Mm -hmm. did get the, you know, uh, the full amount of the financial aid that he needed to make it possible for him to study there. So that was certainly one story that we are very happy with because I think for us, that's really um, what we um, uh, see as being part of the the hope of US education, that the sort of this access and um, this journey of enablement and sort of enabling and empowering is made possible. So, you know, that that was one. And then I think um, the other sort of um, success stories, maybe I'll just highlight uh, two related ones, um, are about students who just, um, uh, you know, um, uh, found what they um, uh, were looking for and then, you know, really um, uh, flourished and thrived. Thrive to their university. So one was this student, i call her B, she um, was applying for architecture. But mm-hmm. um, she always had this, she'd had this really sort of um, you know, almost sort of life-changing experience at Disneyland in the U.S. And she just loved, (laughs) you know, seeing um, what sort of experiences were available, you know, at a place like that. You know, how do you, I think for her, it was not just, you know, obviously having fun, but how do you actually craft and build these kinds of experiences? Yeah. And she'd she'd heard about this, uh, you know, this kind of program or cohort of Disney Imagineers, um, you know, that, uh, you know, kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of build these experiences. And she knew that she, she did want to pursue architecture, but she wanted to have some sort of element of this sort of, um, you know, training in, the, in, um, uh, uh, in her education. So we're really, um, uh, you know, carefully uh, mapped out, you know, when we were looking for universities, I, I sort of gave her criteria and she did the homework. She also sort of came up with her, um, her own criteria we kind of really mapped out what the different opportunities were at different institutions and then when she got the admits we did this sort of comparative chart where of course we were also looking at finances but also specifically each institution you know what were her top two and three and kind of comparatively what were the different opportunities there and and she eventually chose um, i think she chose scad she's uh, an architecture student there and she's yeah, also doing yeah. a minor in um themed entertainment design. She's part of a themed entertainment club on campus, has done a lot of industry visits with, you know, Lucasfilms, Disney, Pixar, all of this, what have you. Um, It's sort of involved in the film festivals, the galleries, you know, really plugging into all that the university has to offer her and kind of exploring that breadth. And I think for her and some other students, I think where I really felt we could play a role was we were able to you know talk about aspects like you know what are opportunities beyond the classroom and of course the classroom is really important making sure that for instance with her you get that major and the minor you know in the understanding yeah, yeah. that's important but what's outside the classroom that can really benefit you know your future career um and you know things like aspects like um flexibility you know um sometimes students don't realize um what flexibility can look like in U.S. institutions, that they are not looking for that opportunity when they are selecting universities and sort of what yeah. sort of flexibility they want. But when we've had certain conversations with students, they've really been um, able to... Uh, take that idea on board and run with it and say, yes, I would want to plug into something like this. And so I think this student and other students like her have really tried to maximize um, sort of flexibility, not just in terms of these out of classroom opportunities, but even academically, you know, taking coursework from all sorts of different disciplines to um, enhance their program. So that's something I've loved with her. And similarly, um, this other student, I'll call him C, who uh, was very clear that he wanted uh, research opportunities in the U.S. And Mm -hmm. so he um, basically, uh, you know, um, mapped out sort of universities. Similarly, ended up at Purdue um, uh, uh, in computer science and Mm -hmm. uh, really plugged into some amazing research opportunities there. And the latest I, you know, found out uh, about him, I believe that he is now... Um, a PhD, about to begin a PhD um, at Cornell, you know, so that those research opportunities kind of did open the way for him. So, yeah, of course, we have the students who've gone to, you know, you know, Harvard or, you know, whatever, Princeton. But I think these are kind of students, stories that we really want to highlight, which is not just about the name of a university, but, uh, but also sort of how students have gone about the process, how they've been enabled and how they've been able to put thought into the process, find out what they need, and really found the university that was the right fit, and then have been able to flourish at the institution, plug into all that the university offers, and really use that environment and those opportunities to uh, bridge into their future and grow and flourish.
0: So, Deborah, uh, we're going to start winding down. But before I let you go,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um maybe some high points or ad, of advice for high schoolers as they think about college um, yeah. not necessarily international but in general
1: uh, mm-hmm. based
0: on your experience what might be some things you'd tell them
1: mm-hmm. um yeah so I think um uh points that I'd uh you know want to um, uh, suggest are uh, one is, As I've said before, the U.S. has a really huge breadth of institutions and um, it really is worth um, spending some time exploring, you know, what might be out there. And of course, one can't explore every single institution, you know, we know there are over 4000, but, you know, really maybe using sort of the search engines available online, uh, you know, to sort of narrow down the options or, you know, uh, but, but then You know, really exploring the diversity of institutions out there in terms of, you know, um, uh, environments and majors and, you know, even the culture on campus and almost sort of seeing universities like people with personalities and kind of understanding... What that personality would be like, and would you vibe well with that? You know, would you both vibe well, be be supported, and also be able to contri- fit in and contribute, and you know, um, uh, be a meaningful contributing member of that community. So, um, I think uh, that is one I'd um, I'd highlight. Um, Uh, The other is, uh, you know, um, as again, I think I've mentioned this before, but, uh, you know, uh, of course, dream and you must dream. It's really important to dream, um, but also um, have your feet on the ground. So approach your university selection and your plans in general from both angles, even financially, uh, you know, as you make financial plans, have your safety nets in place um, you know, uh, um, approach, uh, uh, the, the whole planning process from both angles. Um, and, um, finally, um, again, what I've highlighted before is I really can't say, I can't, um, overemphasize how much difference, um, self-reflection and self-awareness and therefore mm-hmm. self-reflection can make mm-hmm. to the process. Uh, when it comes to um, selecting universities, really pausing, you know, not just being sort of blinded by the glare of fame of or a big name or even uh, the good experience of someone else at an institution, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, just actually pausing to know to start with yourself, what do you need from this educational experience? What sort of environment are you going to thrive and flourish in, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, knowing those those needs, both for uh, your your career interests and your your the interests in your your academic interests, but also your personality, um, your experiences so far, and how they've shaped you. Really understanding that, and then similarly, kind of figuring out universities, as I've said before, and knowing where that good fit might be. So that makes a huge difference in terms of what you get out of the experience. Um, at the, in the U.S. And then also, obviously, in terms of your application, you know, your um, I've certainly seen that the, the more successful students, if you look at both in terms of students who've gotten to big name schools and those who have um, gotten to universities uh, with a good fit, were also students who were able to demonstrate um, uh, uh, a lot of self-awareness in their applications. Um, they are really new where they were coming from, uh, what, how, um, you know, uh, their experience had shaped them, why they'd made certain choices, you know, maybe what their um, uh, blind spots were, where they wanted to grow. They knew how to grow, you know, how to be learners. Um, So, you know, uh, things like this, um, aspects like this, I think, um, can really uh, make a difference in terms of the application as well. So, yeah, I would, I would, um, I would highlight these um, these points, um, and I, I would say, yeah, just um, if you're an international student, of course, you know, I'd do a small plug for Education USA. Sure, do, sure, do um, do, uh, do reach out to Education USA for sort of uh, the sort of um, authoritative and unbiased guidance. But yeah, I mean, generally, explore breadth, um, you know, dream, but be realistic, and you know, really take the time to reflect and cultivate your self awareness.
0: Fabulous! Those are fantastic pieces of advice. I thank you for uh, taking the time, Deborah, and uh, telling us about your experience and sharing what Education USA does and what you do and how your team sort of helps and counsels students in India. And uh, and finally, of course, this wonderful piece of advice or pieces of advice. So. Um, Thank you so much again for coming on. Um, I'm sure we want to talk more with you as time goes by. But for right now, take care. Be safe. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for ha- having me, Vingas.
0: Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Deborah Rosario of Education USA in Mumbai, India. Deborah shared her relational approach to counseling for international students, recognize the value and potential of each student, provide unbiased college information and correct misconceptions, help the student engage in self-reflection, assist with the college application process and manage expectations. I hope high schoolers and parents find Deborah's counsel helpful. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash matters to check us out. Till we meet again? Take care and be safe. Thank you.
1: College matters.
0: Alma matters. matters.